Our Heavenly Father, we are grateful today for the service, for the worship, for the testimony, for the encouragement. Even when things are, Lord, not going as we think they should. But, God, we know you are faithful. We know that you are mighty and trustworthy. And everything that, God, you do is perfect. We may not understand it all. But, Lord, one thing we can do is completely trust you. We honor you today for your goodness. We thank you for your righteousness. And we thank you that, Lord, we can call upon the mighty name of Jesus the Savior of our soul. Get the glory today, Lord. Bless the servant today as I bring the word of God. Give us ears to hear. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Continue to pray for Shirley Gray as well. Continue to lift up Jerry as well. So if you have special requests that you want us to pray for during the week, you have a couple of things. You can call us ways to let us know. You can call us. You can go through the website, send us a message. Or just email us directly, and we will record your request. All right, so if you have anything that you're wanting to have prayer for. Today I'm going to read Esther, chapter 1, verses 15 through 18. And again, for all of the um, staff, all the ones in different positions here, thank you for what you do. Thank you. Esther, chapter 1, verses 15 through 18, I will read. From the ESV, you can follow up on the board. If you have an ESV Bible, you can read with us in your Bible. According to the law, what is to be done to Queen Vashti? Because she has not performed the command of King Ahasuerus, delivered by the eunuchs. Then Memukin said in the presence of the king and the officials, not only against the king, has Queen Vashti done wrong, but also against all the officials and all the peoples who are in all the provinces of King Ahasuerus, or Ahasuerus, can be pronounced either way. For the queen's behavior will be made known to all women, causing them, right here, to look at their husbands with contempt. Since they will say, King Ahasuerus commanded Queen Vashti to be brought before him, and she did not come. This very day, the noble women of Persia and Media, who have heard of the queen's behavior, will say the same to all the king's officials. And there will be contempt and wrath in plenty. The title that we continue to preach on is there is no other who can do what God does. There is no other who can do what God does. A couple of weeks ago, I told a joke to Sister Essie. (laughs) Sister Essie had been asking about the daily bread. And they weren't out there the first, during the early part of the week, but they were out there on that Sunday that she asked about, I said, the daily breads are out there, and she had forgotten to pick them up. So we were on the prayer line, and I told Sister Essie that we had a break-in at the church. There was a break-in. Somebody came and stole the daily breads. <laughs> I told her, I was just kidding. I said, Sister Essie, your daily breads are outside on the table. So... <laughs> And they took a seat. I said, we, got, we had a break-in at the church. Oh, oh no. 
Yeah, I was just kidding, though. I was just kidding. <laughs> if y'all didn't know, I am a prankster. So, yeah, <laughs> if you just didn't know, I'm liable, I'm liable to say just about anything. <laughs> Last week and the week before, we looked at this matter of Esther, and we came to discover, as we began the book, that King Ahasuerus, or King Ahasuerus, is the title name of the king. His actual name is King Xerxes. Uh, king Xerxes is now the king, and the land is under his subjugation. He's ruling over, it says, 127 provinces. King Ahasuerus gave a banquet, a party, to his officials to his princes, to his army, to his soldiers, for six months, displaying his great wealth. It is believed that it was 485 B.C., and from 485 to 481, there is a planning that it is believed taking place, place to fight the Greeks, as he wanted to avenge his father. It is around 481 where King Ahasuerus gives this banquet and it is believed that during the six-month period he would have been making strategic plans to attack the Greeks. He won one of the battles but lost two of the ones and returned back home defeated in the city of Susa, the citadel, which means a fortified city. He did not live there during all of the year, but only a portion of the year, the time, he would go there. And this is where he is as he gives this party. You can come on in, sunshine, if you like. King Ahasuerus, his rule when he spoke, stood. Whatever the king said, that was it. There was no appeal to a higher authority. When you think of soul control and when you think of soul rulership, it only takes something small to set off a ruler in which he has the ability to take your life without even thinking about it. One had to be very, very careful when they were in the presence of the king because his power was absolute. After giving this party to his nobles, it comes to the last seven days of the party that he wants to extend the party and the indulgences to all of the people in Susa, the citadel. And so for seven days, he then allows the people, high and low, to come into his garden and to drink as much as they want. And in fact, the word that he gave to those that were serving wine says, don't put any restrictions on the people in regards to what they drink. They can have as much as they want. Now that's some party for some of y'all. I don't drink. The most fermented drink I drink may be 7-Up. <laughs> it's, not, it's not fermented, but... <laughs> oh, apple cider vinegar. <laughs> that is the most fermented drink I will drink. <laughs> I had some last night. Woo! <laughs> two ounces. Took a, I do it for health reasons, y'all. 
this matter of this party that is now for seven days to allow the common people to see the majesty and the and the riches of King Xerxes is most incredible. On day seven, the end of the party, after everyone has had quite a bit to drink, and the party is winding down, King Xerxes, and I'll use a hosseris, I'll use those interchangeably, sent his seven eunuchs, which means one male who were, had been castrated, meaning that they could not have children. And if you worked as a, within the king's palace and had certain responsibilities with his harem, you were made a eunuch. He sent seven of his eunuchs to go call the queen Vashti, who was a beautiful woman, so that the people on day seven can look and behold her beauty. He says, go call the queen and have her put on her crown and to come here so that everybody, especially the men, can see her beauty. Well, Queen Vashti sent a reply back, says, I ain't coming. Oh, I mean, go tell the king I refuse to come. This matter of refusing the king had not been done as believed before. You have to imagine that these seven eunuchs that go and tell the queen, the king wants you to come, the, the king wants you to bring your crown, and while there is no evidence, as I mentioned last time in history, part of the suggestion was that he wanted her to come in her birthday suit with the crown on. But again, there is that's just according to some history, but there's nothing the Bible says about that. But that's one of the thoughts that has been circulated in history, possibly. But let's say that's not the case. She refuses to come, which enrages the king, which is where we picked up in verses 15 through 18, where the queen has refused to come. Get this. Everybody in Susa is at that party or is around. And can you imagine the king giving an order on this last day? So the party starts with this great swell six months in the last seven days. And the last day, it ends with a thump. The point that I want you to note today, the refusal and the reasoning. That brings you up to date. The refusal and the reasoning. The party that King Xerxes gave initially to his officials, as I mentioned, closed out the last seven days with the people. With all of the planning of the army and all of the, the time that has been spent to come with this last day, get this, with great embarrassment. People don't oftentimes think of it. King Xerxes must have been embarrassed. Embarrassed as he gave a call to the queen and she refused to come. The concern that Memukin gives, who was one of the now seven advisors to the king, it's very interesting. You got seven eunuchs, now you got the seven advisors who stand before the, the king. In the list that is given of the advisors, you will note that Memukin is mentioned last. Not that. He was last, but he must have had, had, he must have had sway and influence because his words seemed to carry weight with the king and those there. 
Now with the background, let's go back and look again at verse now 16 of Esther 1. Then Mamukin said in the presence of the king and the officials, not only against the king has Queen Vashti done wrong, but also against all the officials and all the peoples who are in all of the provinces, not just in Susa, even though the party is here, he has now spread this all about. <laughs> to all of the provinces, man, we're going to be in trouble. We don't know how long the king remained angry. If the king got angry, you didn't want to be around. You didn't want to be the one in front of him when the king got angry. Because he just might lash out at you. Mamukin extends the concern of what Vashti has done to all of the noble women. The noble women would be those that were married to the noble men, the wise men, uh, those who had the ability to marry. Uh, the concern that he now says, what she's done, it's going to get back to our wives. It, it, it's going to start there. And not only is it going to start there, it's going to start and go around to all of the provinces. And before you know it, men going to have a problem with their wives. <laughs> he said, we concerned first with about us, king. <laughs> the Mucan reason that Vashti has not only done wrong to the king, but she has now set off a chain reaction that will start in Susa and explode to the other provinces. Her disobedience has also been done to the officials. He says, this very day, in verse number 18, in which actually this matter is now known. He says, in verse 18, this matter is known, king. I want you to get the scene. Picture in your mind, because you know we think in pictures. When you ever dream, you don't think in words, you think in pictures. And when you visualize, it's in pictures. Get this. The king calls Vashti. She refuses. People at the party. Now, those who are there they, that knew that Vashti was coming, you have to imagine that they are waiting for her entrance. They're waiting for those who had heard. Can you imagine the eunuchs as they stand before the king? They probably are discussing on the way, who's going to tell the king? That Vashti says, she's not coming. Was Vashti supposed to be with them? Or was Vashti coming after them? What is happening here? The eunuch stand before the king and he goes into a rage. Now before we get to that part here, as the eunuchs are walking through to the king, to the, towards the king, I'm imagining that one of two thoughts are going through people's minds. Okay, the queen's going to follow shortly after. Where is she? Or the queen is getting ready to come. As the word reaches the king, there is a change in the atmosphere of the party. The atmosphere changes. There is a silence because the king now is furious. I can imagine he stood up. He might have said, what? And you got to imagine. Advisors, let's go. Let's meet. As people walk away, no Vashti. They begin to hear, Vashti refused to come. Is she sick? Does she have a toothache? You have to imagine they go into closed quarters and they began to reason. And Mimukin stands and gives 
this appeal. Now get this. Why didn't the king kill Vashti? He could have. I believe that he loved her. I'm wondering if Mamukin begins to reason and say, you know, we may not want to set this precedence because there does not seem to be a precedent about this situation because they're starting to think if he kills and then we run into the problem, that means others will have to be killed if this precedent is set. So the council has to be wise, has to be thought out, even though, remember, they had been drinking and probably all sober now. And Mimukin says, King, what has happened here today is going to be such a problem here and throughout the provinces in which you rule that if we don't get a handle on this now, that's going to be it. What do you do when evil calls you? What do you do when that which is not right or to um, humiliate you calls you? Do you respond? Uh, what happens with your judgment when you are said, let's go get into this trouble. Do you respond or do you say, no, can't go. Vashti had been given a, her own party for the women in the kingdom. She was hosting her own party. When the word came, the king wants you. Therefore, those that are there with her knew what happened. And now... We have a dilemma. But let me tell you this. There's no other who can do what God can do. God can orchestrate things behind the scenes. Why? Because Esther's got to come to the throne. Esther's got to come because there has to be a saving of the Jews that's going to be sought out to be killed by Haman. God orchestrates things way ahead of time that you don't even know about. God at times will do things and you're thinking, what is God doing? He is setting the stage for that which is to come way down the road that you cannot even see right now. This rebellion is something that God has allowed and that God is orchestrating behind the scenes. Because God knows all things, it doesn't make, mean that he makes everything happen. You have a mind to choose certain things. But God knows. The name of God is not even mentioned in the book of Esther. But what? You see the hand of God moving. Moving, working, doing what he does best. God working. Do you not know that God has never made a mistake do you know that God has always been and is perfect? And what seems to be a crisis here, the Bible records and reports the scene and the scenario and all that's taking place. In 479, I'll give this to you again. 479 B.C., it is believed that's when Esther comes to the throne. We'll be getting to that over time because we are just taking our time getting to this story, this drama, this this narrative, this matter of what God is doing and what's happening. One wonderful thing about the Bible is I tell you, God does not keep us from knowing what takes place. He, he doesn't say, oh, I can't let that be seen. No, he puts it right on out there. Puts it there. And there are things here. God says, let's cover this. That will stay in the background. What God does is that he orchestrates events in your life 
so that you will be successful in him. God never meant for you to navigate this world without him. Sometimes we are just so insistent in going our own way. But oh, God wants us to trust him. And this whole setting up of this situation here where Esther and the Jews are in captivity. How God will still raise up his people even in captivity. I tell you this. In Egypt, in the land of Goshen where the Israelites lived, all of the plagues that were happening in Egypt did not come knocking on the door of Goshen. When there were grasshoppers or locusts devouring the land of Egypt, there was not a, a, a locust that came through Goshen. When there was uh, uh, the, the, the hail that came down with these, what, how, 100 pounds, however big they were, killing animals in the field, didn't touch Goshen. God makes a separation between his people and those who are not his. And what God does, as I wrap this part up today, is that God sets the stage. And if you look through the Bible, it's almost as if God sets what he does in acts or in stages of what a play might be. Scene one, act one, scene one, act two, scene two. It's almost, he sets this stage. The drama deals as God moves. Do you know that God oftentimes will wait to the last moment or beyond the last moment and then say, now watch and see what I'll do. When you have given up, <laughs> you said it can't be done. God says, now watch and see what I'll do. That's what he does in history. That's who he is. He says, ask the question, is there anything too hard for me? Anything too hard for me? Is there anything I cannot do? There's nothing that God can't do. He can do it all. Look at your life and see how God has blessed you beyond measure. You can look at times when God brought you through and you will say, how did I get through that? God brought you through. You've been thinking, Lord, if you don't show up, I don't know what's going to happen. God shows up and says, look at what I am doing. Gives you the ability to trust him all that much more. That's the God that we serve. You are the apple of his eye. <laughs> we need to remember that. When we pick up with the next scene, we'll continue to look at this matter unfold and how God moves things into place. Even the one that is to serve, the one that's to be in charge, who the next queen is, and the plotting that have God is incredible. Why? Because God knows the end from the very beginning. <laughs> oh, what you don't know, God knows. So please don't try to act like you're God because you're not. <laughs> There's one God, one Savior, Jesus Christ. Our Heavenly Father, we are grateful today to you for the love of the King. That no matter how angry man gets, the earthly king may get, you are still working your plan. Whatever the counsel of the wise may be, Lord, it is you that orders the steps of man and give direction for those who love you and honors you. 
You are the one that will frustrate the, the plans of the unrighteous and raise up your people. We pray today, God, that the church will stand for righteousness. As Mother Carol said, Lord, that yes, the philosophers and all of those, God, that have been written about many, right in the word of God, that God, you surpass them all. Old Testament, New Testament, men that sit at the city gates. Lord, your wisdom is vast and you can be fully trusted. Today we pray that we will trust you completely. We will honor you and know that behind the scenes, God, you are moving. When we don't even sense and know, God, you are there. For you said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And we're thankful that we can fully trust your word. We honor you, we bless you, and we glory in you. In Jesus' name, amen.